Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wally, Texas. Let's go on in and see what Charlie Mullen has to teach us today. Amen. Y'all might ought to be careful. You just might get a little bit excited about praising God if you ain't careful. How is everybody tonight? I don't know if my microphone's on or not, but I don't think you probably don't need it. <laughs> Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity for you to let us live, come to this house of worship, Father. Father, I ask that you just rain down upon us in your spirit like you did with the weather today, Father. Father, create a spiritual storm in this room tonight, Father. I ask that you just touch everyone here tonight, Father, in a mighty way. Wash us with your presence, Father. Father, I ask that you bless this offering we're about to take up, Father. Let it be used to continue your work. And, Father, it's all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How is everybody? Come on, man. We got some rain. We didn't have no storms. Had a good service this morning. Had a good lunch today. I'm sure y'all had a wonderful time. But I'm going to tell you something, man. This has been a weekend. I had my first Saturday off in six months. I had a wonderful weekend. Y'all were blessed. Absolutely blessed. So take your downturned faces and turn them over. You don't got to stop frowning. Just turn your head upside down where it at least looks like a smile. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Good morning. So, guys. There is only one way that this church is going to fill the doors back up like it was, and that is for you to go out and tell people what's happening at Biker Church. And when they want to ask what's happening at Biker Church, you decide what you want to happen at Biker Church because we can't plan a revival. We can't plan for the Holy Spirit to break out. We can't plan for people to get healed. You have to open your heart and your spirit to what you want to happen and let God know that those are what, because God wants all of that. All you have to do is open up your spirit and let God know that that's what you would like to receive. And play something else unless you got something. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. How many of y'all feel like God's going to move tonight? Let's go to Psalms, chapter 84. Guys, everybody knows Brian and Michelle that come on Sunday night, or Sunday nights, most times Sunday mornings. Y'all keep Brian in your prayers. Brian finally did something that I've been praying to God that he would do. He checked himself into a hospital for depression and is finally getting some help with some of his PTSD and stuff like that that he's been suffering through before he did something of the flesh. He turned to the spirit. So y'all keep him in your prayers. Keep the family in your prayers. We're going to keep reaching out. We're going to keep being there for him and the, his wife and those babies. Because sometimes we need help. And sometimes the head of the household 
needs to get himself back where he needs to be. And as a family, as a body, as a church, it is our job to fill that void. And if anybody deserves it, it's his family. Because I'm going to tell you something. I didn't believe it when people told me that when I married my wife that we were going to be a power couple for God because I thought, man, it's just we're just a man and wife. What can we do? But what Brian and Michelle have chosen to do is put God first. And, yes, I'm going to say it again because I don't know any other way to get it through your head that the only place God needs to be in your life is out front. Keep my wife's family in your prayers. They lost Micah this week. Micah was a good man. Had some, had some, Micah was dealing with some demons, and he lost his battle with those demons. We buried him yesterday. It was a very rough day for everybody. He left some beautiful little girls behind and about nine ex-wives. <laughs> I've never seen anything like what I saw yesterday. I saw a man be laid to rest but I saw every one of his exes, whether it had been an ex-wife or an ex-girlfriend, line up out in front of the church, get side by side, and take pictures together. Never seen, they all, they're all friends. Some of them live together. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It was the most Jerry Springer moment I've ever seen in my life. But I want you to keep... Everybody who has ever muttered the name Micah out of their mouth, I want you all to keep them in your prayers because that is a group of people right there that if anybody needs God to stomp right through the middle of them, it's them. And it was everything I know my wife spoke at the funeral yesterday. If it was everything, because it was all I could do not to stomp right through the middle of them preaching. And then my wife had to get up there and speak, and she promised I'm not going to get up here and preach to y'all. And she almost slipped and started preaching. But I want you all to keep my wife in your prayers, too, man, because she stood up in front. I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to put you out on front street, babe. My wife was a really bad drug addict. My wife made some really bad mistakes, and those people that she saw yesterday were the people from her past. And she stood up yesterday and worshiped her God in front of them. And they said, is that, is that Mandy McCarter? And she says, no, I'm Mandy Mullen. You don't know Mandy McCarter anymore. And it, it, it touched my heart. So, you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I'm going to toot my wife's horn. Y'all give Mandy a hand because she told every one of them yesterday, I don't live amongst y'all anymore, but I'm here for every one of you. And it touched me. Let's go to the word. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. I think we might have heard this somewhere before. I really don't get with my wife on this stuff, y'all. But... Oh, so you played that one okay. <laughs> my soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of your love. Or excuse me, for the courts of the, lo of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King, my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. I've been dealing, and y'all been hearing me say it, that we're going to go through valleys. And God's been really dealing with me about my flesh. 
You know, I've told y'all time and time again, when you go out into the world and you're walking through one of those valleys, that God is with you throughout that valley. And God just dumped on me yesterday morning. My wife went to go run some errands yesterday morning and get some stuff. And I'll be completely honest with you, I had no idea for a little while where she was because God was just hammering me. I asked God, I said, you know, I'm going through some of these valleys right now. I need your help to get through them. And God said, what if my intention is not for you to make it through the valley unscathed, but to shine in the Spirit so bright that while you are in the valley, you change the valley. And the valley no longer becomes a struggle, but a place of learning. So I know we all go through places, and I I was talking to J.D. this morning about that, and he said, brother, there ain't no lessons learned on mountaintops. You're too busy enjoying the view. And I'm going to tell you something. You, I've been asking God to kill my flesh off, and God said, I'm not going to kill your flesh off because it says right here in this verse, my soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. What if I changed my spirit so strongly that even my flesh wanted some of what my spirit had and my flesh learned instead of yearning for the world, my flesh actually started to yearn for what God has to offer. My flesh didn't want the drugs anymore. My flesh didn't want the carnality anymore. My flesh didn't want to lose its temper anymore. My flesh didn't want to turn to alcohol anymore. My flesh didn't want to run prostitutes anymore. My flesh wanted what my spirit had and my spirit was filled with the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost rolled across my flesh where my flesh yearned for it more than what it yearned for the world. And how do we do that? By immersing ourselves in God's courts. By immersing ourselves in the spiritual realm instead of dealing with Guys, the battle's already been fought. All we're doing is kicking rocks. All we're doing is dodging pebbles. Because what happens when we die and we have lived a life that was pleasing to God? We go to heaven. I trust me, no matter how big a house I buy here, it ain't going to be as big as the one up there. Me and my wife were driving around today on the way home, and she said, ooh, I really like that house, and I really like that house. And I said, man, I'm looking for five acres with a container house on it. If I can spend about 2500 bucks on my house and throw some plywood up in the middle of it, put a toilet out back, we're done. Because why should I worry about all that here? Because if my wife wants a big house here, wait till she sees what my daddy is building for her in heaven. My daddy told me, your wife is going to have the nicest house on the block. So don't worry about what she has on this earth. You let me worry about that. You let me lay up things. Now, that don't mean I ain't going to spoil her every once in a while. I have to because I love her, and she spoils me. But you understand what I'm saying? What happened if you allowed God to touch you in such a way that even the carnality of the world didn't come close to adding up to it. Man, you think that high off them pills was good? Wait till you get high on the Holy Spirit. Wait till you get high on what God has to offer you. 
Wait till your shadow heals the sick. Wait till your children walk in a hospital ward and cancer falls off of people and children their age walk out of the cancer ward cancer-free just because of the faith that you spread forward into your children. What if we lived that way all the time? What if church wasn't just a Sunday thing? What if church was a spiritual thing and not just a place to show up? What if you allowed yourself to be broken by God and built back up by the Spirit instead of worrying what your flesh had to do with it? Instead of worrying whether or not falling out in the floor was going to embarrass your husband. Whether falling out in the floor was going to make you look funny in front of somebody else. Because I'm going to tell you something. When the God lays his hands, when it's the Bible says that when God shows himself to you, you won't be able to stay prostrate. You, you, you will have to get in the, you won't be upright. You'll have to be prostrate on the floor. Because you can't look upon him. So what scares me about not getting prostrated on the floor is, is God showing up? Because I'm too busy looking at you. And you're too busy wondering when I'm going to do it. Stop concentrating on what my flesh is doing. Stop concentrating on what your neighbor is doing and allow yourself to be dealt with by the Holy Spirit and see what the Holy Ghost has to offer you. See what freedom feels like. See what true riches feels like. See what a true blessing feels like. Guys, God wants to bless you. God wants to touch you. God wants to heal you. God wants you to be prosperous. And I'm going to get off the Joel Osteen rap. God wants you to have everything that your heart desires. But guess what the Bible says your heart should desire? Him. So what else? If you got other things mixed in there with your heart, that's on you. I love God. I like everything else. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Today was Sunday. How many golf games were on? How many baseball games were on? How many football games were on? How many basketball games were on? If we didn't have any, praise God, this house should be full because me and you got no excuses anymore. All that stuff comes on on Sunday so dad will camp out in his recliner in his underwear and not go to church with his kids. That's what the world wants. You think I'm kidding? Why are almost all professional sports played on Sunday? They're not in used to be. The devil wants your mind other places on God's day. So you know what you do? You double up your efforts. And then you go ahead and put God in on her on Monday morning too. And then put some God in on Tuesday. Go to hit a Bible study on Wednesday. Go hit a worship service on Thursday. Hit JR's Bible study on, Thursday, on, fr on Friday night. And you know what, man? There's all kinds of stuff to do around here on Saturdays. Ladies come to this place on it, and then every once in a while we'll have a couple of you show up for movie night. You want to have more to do with God. You want to have more things to do. You want to socialize with your brothers. You want to have fun with your sisters. Let me tell you something, man. Put God first and see what happens. Stop making excuses of why you can't and start doing for God and see what he does for you. Everybody says the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Man, open your spirit up 
and let God put a little oil on you? What if you didn't cry out? What if we sucked ourselves so far back in our cave and we cried out for help, but God couldn't hear us? That's what the devil wants. The devil wants you so introverted that God is separated from you. So far down in that valley that you don't think you'll ever see a mountaintop. Well, what do you do when you can't get to the mountaintop and you're stuck in the valley? Build in the valley. Worship in the valley. Praise God in the valley. If, you're, if, if the only place left to build a church, see, to me, too many churches on the hill. Oh, it's a pretty view from up here, folks, because we above everybody else. Come on. We better than everybody else. I say it's time to move the church to the valley where it can actually do some good. We want to separate the church from sin. We want to separate the church from everything that's bad going on in the world. We don't want to pay any attention to what's actually happening out there. Oh, no, don't bring up politics behind the pulpit. You might offend somebody. Well, let me tell you something. I don't care how many of you I offend. There is evil going on in this world, and the church thinks it's above it. It's time that the church learns to get its hands dirty again. It's time that the church learns to open itself up and let God deal with it instead of pressing in places they shouldn't be pressing. God loves you. That's, see, here's the thing, and I said that wrong. God loves you is a false term. God is love. So does God love? He has to because he is love. God is love in the morning. God is love at night. God is love during the storms. God is love in the valley. You are the only one who can say, I don't think God loves me. God doesn't exist without love. Anybody know what darkness is? There's no makeup of darkness. There's no substance in darkness. There's no formula for darkness. There's no rays in darkness. There's no molecules in darkness. So if you're living in darkness, your life is empty. When you introduce God into it, there has to be light. I feel like I'm in such a dark place. That's because you don't have God. I don't feel like I'm very loved. Then you don't have God. And the bad part about it is, man, is there's pastors out there that get up here and do this and then crawl back in their hole. You think there's not pastors out there that, are, that don't get depressed? Trust me, brother, this is not an easy job. It's at an all-time high right now with the way the world is going. Pastors, men of God, men who are supposed to be so touched by God that their life is consumed by the Holy Spirit are taking pills. They're hanging themselves. They're putting guns in their mouths because they refuse to admit that without the Holy Ghost, there is no relationship. They're too worried about whether or not they're going to lose some numbers. I had a conversation with a man today saying, man, I wish I could go talk to some pastors. And I've had this conversation with Jr. I wish I could go sit down at a pastor's meeting and not be asked how many people I have in my church. You know what I tell them? I say, we're few, but we're crazy. We're crazy for Jesus. And I would like to be able to tell them 
Man, there were 10,000 people showed up at that door, and 9,000 of them got saved. The problem is, is 9,000 of them get saved, we would never see them again. I'd rather have 10 of y'all. I'd rather have 10 saints than 10,000 people who are half in. But I want y'all to understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to do in this church. The Holy Spirit is trying to break out in this church. The Holy Spirit is trying to make a movement in this church. The Holy Spirit is trying to heal in this church. The Holy Spirit is trying to bless in this church. And all we have to do is realize that we are sons and daughters of God, and the Holy Spirit is our inheritance. The Bible says that Jesus died so he could go to hell, defeat death, go to heaven, and come back as the comforter. So if you're not open to the Holy Spirit and you're not ready to let the Holy Ghost roll over the top of you, you're denying what Christ did. All it takes is letting God bust you open. And then your flesh doesn't matter anymore because your flesh starts yearning. Your flesh starts needing. And instead of needing dope, instead of needing men, instead of needing women, instead of needing booze, it starts needing the Holy Spirit. And the next thing you know, you actually have the right to say you're a child of God. And the next thing you know, you got something to walk through the grocery store and brag about because you didn't have to go borrow money to buy that $5 loaf of bread that's going on down there. If you wanted to fix something in your backyard, you didn't have to worry about whether or not you had the $500 that's going to cost you in lumber to fix your fence. You just know that the Holy Spirit's going to take care of it and that God has your back. And if you you get that diagnosis that you don't necessarily agree with you tell yourself and you tell everybody around you this is one more chance for the holy spirit to show out watch what god does which is what's fixing to happen I'm sorry i ain't meaning to call you out but that's what god just said god fix show out he's fixing to show up and he's fixing to show out now whether you want to be part of the show that's up to you I want to be front row. I want to be part of act one. I don't want to have to wait till the intermission to figure out that I might have missed the first act. I want to get on the bus when we're going to the theater. So what do we have to do? What do we have to know about ourselves in order to be blessed by God? Who was Jesus? Jesus was the Son of God. Who are you? Children of God. Don't you have the same inheritance that Jesus had? The good news is, is Jesus, our brother, is our general contractor up there building heaven for us right now. I wasn't going to go there. Y'all should have known that. I don't know about y'all, but my boss is a Jewish carpenter. I bet he's mad about lumber prices. <laughs> he's dealing in gold. Learn something if you don't learn anything else tonight. That the battles you are choosing to fight have already been fought. There's no new sin, folks. There's no new way that the devil can get a hold of you. It's just more convenient. It's just easier to get to, and it's just more accepted by the world. Excuse me. Bad barbecue. <laughs> it was just no barbecue. The only thing that you have to blame 
for you not receiving what the Holy Spirit wants to give you is yourself. Because he says, ask, and I will give it to you. But what you see, here's the thing. We have let what we're supposed to ask for be demented by the world. The world tells you that if you don't drive a nice car, if you don't have a nice house, to me, you know, she was talking today, man, I really like Fords, but you like Chevrolet. I like a truck that will start when I go out there. I used to say that about Harleys. They said, man, how come you don't ride a Harley? I said, I like my motorcycle to start when I hit the button. Of course, now I have a Harley and I'm okay with it. Because it starts, I just got to keep it on a battery tender. The only thing keeping you from being blessed by God is your own holdouts, your own battles that you are not willing to give up to God. Because if I gave all my battles up to God, I wouldn't have nothing to post on Facebook. Don't woo me, miss. I only get no likes or nothing on Facebook because I was on me only. I had to give my wife a hard time. She said, my Facebook was set to be only. I was wondering why nobody was looking at my stuff. I said, nobody's looking at my stuff because I ain't put nothing on Facebook in six months. I don't care what Facebook has to say. I don't care what people like about what I have to say. Now, she was putting some pretty good stuff out there, and I should have gone over there and liked it. But if you want people to stay out of your business, stop putting it out there. I don't know why everybody got seem like they're all up in my business. Why is everybody up in my business today? None of their business. Here y'all go again, up in my business. Well, I wouldn't be up in your business if your business wasn't out there to be up in. The funny thing about it is, hey, we don't feel good. We ain't going to make it to church this Sunday. Okay, man, had a great time. It's a lake today. You should have seen all the fish we caught. What? Thought you didn't feel good. You mean you just didn't feel like listening to what God had to say this morning? God said he'd make you fishers of men, not sit out at the lake and just be fishers. I'd be afraid to eat fish. That's kind of like that preacher that took Sunday morning off and went and played golf. Played the best game of his life, like three holes in one, stuff like that, and he's sitting at the last hole, and Peter looks over, and God says, man, what are you doing? Why are you letting him do this good? He said, who's he going to tell? He's supposed to be in church. He's out here playing golf. We put too many things in front of God. I heard a preacher say this morning, when that trouble starts, y'all be praying. When things are going good, ooh, man, I, I bet I ain't paid in three days. Ooh, my stomach hurts. Better start praying. See what I'm saying? When times are good, you forget who God is. Let that electric bill be higher than what you think it is. Brother, can you all pray for me? We don't know how we're going to pay this electric bill. Why don't you just call and say, can I have some money? Instead of putting yourself out there like a hypocrite. Asking for prayer over something that is on you, it's well within your rights to do. How come you just don't put faith in God in the first place? Stay in prayer. Stay in the Spirit. Stay where God has put you. And quit letting the world lead you away. There shouldn't be a reason why you should go back to church. Man, I was out of church for a little while, man. It's good to be back. Why were you out? Get a life straight. 
Let the Holy Spirit deal with you on a molecular level. Man, that was a big word and I almost didn't get it out. Let God deal. See, you just don't know what I've been through. No, I don't. But that stomach that hurts you, God made that. He knows how it works. When they say when your truck breaks and you have to go to the dealership to get it fixed, you want to know why? Because they're the ones that made it. So when you don't feel good, won't you go to the maker? When you're feeling good, if your truck is running absolutely wonderful after you get it out of the shop, don't you usually get on there and write a Google review? Put it on Facebook. Man, I got my truck out of so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. I took my truck over to Robert at Gearhead, and he did a good job on it. I'm going to give him a good review on Yahoo or whatever it is. Man, praise God when the times are good, too. Pray, pray to God when things are at their best. But that's when we tend to forget about God because we're up on that hilltop and we're too distracted by the view. We have to wait till we fall down. See, the problem is, is you're looking at the view and you're not looking where God wants you to look and then you fall back off in a valley again. And what I want, what my dream is, what God is telling me to build is a, va is a church at the bottom of that hill. That way when you come rolling in the front door, you're home. When you come sliding down that hill and you're all beat up and bruised up from your fall, you can land in a place that loves you. So I'm going to warn y'all now, when y'all start seeing people that are beat up and scabbed up and been rolling down a hill and been sliding in a direction they shouldn't be sliding coming through that door, remember, you slid through that door too. We're going to open hospital doors. This emergency room is open for business, and we're going to start dealing with the broken. We're going to start dealing with the addicted. We're going to start dealing because I got a whole new mess of people yesterday they're fixing to start getting invited to this church and they're going to get some freedom because if god can set me free and god can set you free and god can set her free and god can set jr free i promise you the ones i saw yesterday the most addicted ones are light work for the father but what i need you to do is show them what a spirit-filled church is when they get here I need you to show them that the Holy Spirit heals, that God still touches people, that God is still in the business of healing the broken, that God is still in the business of loving the unloved. God is still in the business of holding the lonely. God is still in the business of mending families. God's still in the business of right now, not with 12 steps curing addiction. All you have to do is open yourself up to healing. All you have to do is open yourself up and be receptive to what the Holy Ghost has to tell you. Amen. See, the disciples had Jesus. And then some of them had the writings. And then Jesus died, and he ascended into heaven, and he came back as the Holy Spirit. And that's who we have. So we don't have to run and go find Jesus when we have a question for him like the disciples did. All we have to do is listen to what he has to say by putting him first. If he's living in your heart, then you should hear him all the time. And your spirit leads your flesh. So if your spirit is, is Jesus-filled, what should your flesh be eaten off of? Jesus said, this is my body, eat of me. 
If Jesus lives inside you, let his flesh become your flesh. And how does that happen? By consuming the Word. Consumption of the Word on a daily basis. I want you to put the Word of God, I want you to put those meat and potatoes, because y'all are too old for milk. The days of y'all's milk is over with. It's time for some meat and taters. Y'all aren't babies anymore. You aren't tiny Christians anymore. You're all saved. You all should be understanding what is going on. But here's the thing. What happens when you don't eat? You're supposed to be eating the right stuff. And I know we got some guys in here that ride down the road for a living. If you don't eat the right stuff and you're not eating when you're supposed to and you get hungry, you will stop and eat anything. Trust me, I know there's an all-subs between my Plano store and my Wiley store. And if I, my wife don't feed me what I'm supposed to eat for breakfast, there's a fried burrito in there with my name on it that she don't have to know about. But is it good for me? So what happens when you don't get into this Word on a daily basis and your spirit gets hungry? Your spirit will eat whatever you put in front of it. And the next thing you know, it's eating off the world, and it's eating fast food, and it's doing things that it shouldn't do, and it's not getting nourished the way it ought to. And the next thing you know, your spirit is on diabetes medicine and 15, 20 pounds overweight, and it's not living the way that it ought to. So feed it. But feed it the body of Christ. And see how it just blossoms, man. I got a new headset for work that doesn't go in my ears. So I can still hear if my boss yells at me from the front of the store. But it plays, I can still hear what's going on on my phone through what they call bone conduction. And I love it because now I can put it on the preaching. I can put it on the Bible. I can put it on what I want to and still listen to it all the time. And if my boss wants to rawr, 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 from the other room, I can still hear him rawr, rawr, from the other room. I have to have that. I have to have something godly going on around me all the time because my flesh is hungry. My flesh will consume whatever it is that's in front of me. So I put God in front of it all the time. And I know some of y'all are the same way. Some of y'all get around things you shouldn't be around. You want to start doing the things that you're not supposed to be doing. Not if you let the Spirit fill you. Not if you'll be obedient to what God has to say. I want to ask you tonight. I want you all to stand with me, those of you who can. We're going to spend a little time with the Spirit. I'm going to open these altars up. These altars are where the battles are won, folks. And there's not a one of you up here, not a one of you in this room that doesn't need something. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, touch us, Father. Be with us, Jesus. Father, move through the room, Father. Free their minds, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Yes, Father. God's not here tonight to benefit himself, folks. God's here tonight to free you from yourself. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. for the fire that you've lit in him, Father. Father, I just, I just thank you for this man, Father, for bringing him into our lives, Father. Love you, brother. thank you for this young couple father father we ask that even though it's out of our understanding father that you guide them in the direction father you be with them as they're apart father while tim goes to work father father sit with lily father every time she misses him father you touch his heart father thank you jesus father i thank you for this couple father i thank you for their faith the father Father, they struggle like we all do, Father. But you lay your hand upon them, Father. Father, you bridge the miles. You bridge the gap, Father. Make them stronger for this, Father. Just lay your spirit upon them. More fire in their souls, Father. Set them ablaze, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. 
Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Father, I ask that you breathe joy into everyone here, Father. Fill their hearts with you, Father. Give them their laughter back, Father. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Father. <laughs> yes, Jesus. Yes, Father. He is the Father of all things. He only lives to love his children. Without God, there is no love. Without love, there is no God. Father, I pray and I rebuke family curses right now, Father. Father, I rebuke addiction, Father. I rebuke physical pain, Father. But most of all, Father, I rebuke physical and mental and spiritual bindings, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, they say you are the chain breaker. And I ask that you break the chains off of every spirit in this room, Father. Give them the freedom, Father, to worship you and to serve you the way that you need to be served, Father, not the way that we see fit, Father. Father, your kingdom on earth, Father, as it is in heaven, Father, let your will be done in our lives, Father. Let us live to serve you, Father. Let us live to be touched by you, Father. Let us worship you in every way, Father. Let everything we do be for you, Father. Let our daily lives be as sacrifices to you, Father. Father, it's all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Michelle, can I get you and the kids to come up here, please? Church, we have a family that needs us. Can we gather around this family and pray? He don't, you know he don't bother me. What's that? Sure. Hey. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Father God, we ask you to love on this family, Father. Father, to bridge the gap that is happening right now between father and home, Father. Father, every time you touch one of these children, Father, I want you to touch that father that's not with them right this second, Father. Father, every time their heart grows lonely, Father, I want you to touch his, Father. Father, every time you lay your hand on one of your children, Father, I want the father to have his hand, your hand on him too. Father, I ask that you let them understand that they have a family that is there for them, Father. Father, bring peace upon them, Father. And, Father, we praise you for giving them the strength to go through what they're going through, Father. Father, we know it's for the best, Father. You know what's for the best, Father. And, Father, we don't question your tactics about it at all, Father. We know when Brian comes home 
that things may not be perfect, Father, but that you're working, Father, and that your spirit moves through that household, Father, that your spirit is moving through this family's hearts right now, Father, that your spirit is touching everyone right now, Father. Father, I ask that you lay your hands upon Brian right now, wherever he is, Father, and touch him, Father. Let him know that his family is gathered in the gap for him, Father, that his his family is going to war for him, Father, that we rebuke the evil one that is trying to touch him, Father. Father, that we rebuke the evil one that is trying to drive a wedge in this family, Father. We rebuke depression, Father. We rebuke anxiety, Father. We rebuke anger, Father. We rebuke confusion, Father. We rebuke loneliness, Father. And all we ask, Father, is that you pour love upon this family in the name of Jesus. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Joy, Father. Give them the joy of this child, Father. Yes, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Who thinks they're going to be okay? Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.